A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hey everybody and welcome to Main Menu for the 21st of October 2016. I am your co-host Jason Castingway. This week we bring you the last in our three-part series from the Microsoft Ignite conference. You're going to hear from Melissa Torres, program manager on the SharePoint accessibility team, and she's going to talk about SharePoint as it is used in the enterprise environment. Accessibility is a big deal, and you'll hear all sorts of demos showing you just what strives Microsoft is taking to make SharePoint accessible to everyone. There's a little bit of time left after this segment from Microsoft, and so we're going to add some tidbits we hope you find interesting. Before we get started, here's an announcement with which you are all no doubt familiar. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the last day at Ignite, last session. You are all like the guerrilla fighters at the end, so thank you for being here. I know a lot of you are anxious to fly home or go explore Atlanta for those of you that are staying over the weekend, so I really, really appreciate that you're, you're here today to join me. My name is Melissa Torres. I am a program manager in the SharePoint Experiences team, and today I'm going to be talking to you about an issue that impacts every single one of us, both professionally and personally. It's an issue that reaches every single country every single gender and every single age. We all know someone that lives with the loss of a limb, the inability to see or hear, or motor impairment such as muscular dystrophy. Providing people of all abilities access to products and services that they can use is important to all organizations, small or large. With SharePoint, being one of the most widely used collaboration platforms, it makes sense that SharePoint be accessible for people with all abilities. So that's what I'm going to be talking to you guys today. My goal is to make sure you feel secure and at ease that you've chosen SharePoint as the most accessible solution. And to do that in this session, I'm going to start with what is accessibility and why it's important, why we're focusing it, why we're focusing on it how SharePoint is approaching accessibility. We're also doing, uh, I'll also be kind of showing you guys not only how we're focusing on it, but what we've done over the last months in our new modern experiences. And I'm going to be showing you a lot of demos that you guys have seen before, but here's the thing, in ways you haven't seen yet. So it's going to be exciting because it's going to be different from what you've seen, and I know you've seen a lot of demos this week. Last. Uh, or finally, I'm going to show you how you don't have to spend money on expensive add-on solutions to make SharePoint accessible and you can get it out of the box because we're working on making sure that happens. And if not, we're also giving you the tools and guidance you need to build on top of SharePoint in an accessible way using the SharePoint development framework. Now there's two things that I want to let you guys know, from, um, heads up. 
One is, this is not a developer-led session. I will not be sharing code on how to make things accessible. Happy to talk to questions about that at the end. Also, this session's pretty much forward-looking. And by that, I mean we'll primarily be talking about SharePoint Online. So to get us going, I thought I'd start with a cool demo. Okay, so what you're looking at right now is the new SharePoint Home Experience. If you're on SharePoint Online, you should already have this in your tenants. Uh, but if you, or if you don't, I'm sure you've seen this page uh, in demos this week. This is your portal for all your SharePoint sites. It's the way to find all the sites that you either frequently visit, belong to, follow. And so the way that you've seen this, or the way that you currently navigate it for the majority of us is through using mouse, keyboard. But I'm actually going to demo this hands-free. I'm going to use voice to walk through its UI. And you might ask yourself, why would anybody do this? Well, individuals with motor impairments, such as quadriplegia, that don't have uh, the use of their limbs, don't really have other ways to use it. So they rely on things like speech. So it's very important to be able to get their work done and get their tasks done by using something like their voice. So I'll be using a tool called the window speech recognition. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn this on. Now, I need two big favors from all of you. One, uh, funny story, I brought a microphone. Uh, and on transit, it broke. So I need you all to be super quiet. I don't think it's going to be a problem. But you know, in case you were planning to scream at one point, uh, please hold it. Two, uh, and this is very important, in order for this to work, I have to sound very robotic. Like, has anybody seen like Lost in Space, the robot? Like, attention, Will Rogers, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be just like that. And so I know that'll make you want to smile and laugh, but please hold it, because then it'll interfere with the demo, OK? OK, so let's do this. Oh, one last thing. What I'm going to be doing is going to, navigating to a site, navigating through the contents of a site. Loyalty program. Regional launch plans. California. One. Cancel. SharePoint. Create site. Food. Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> So as you can see, so you even followed up with you know, some weird verbiage because I kept talking. <laughs> but as you can see, just with the use of voice, I was able to go anywhere from navigating the list of sites to going to the site, navigating the left nav of the site. I could even have opened the document. I went back to SharePoint just without just simply using my voice. And this is important, like I said, because it really helps those people. And a lot of us, hey, what if you were cooking or doing something and you couldn't use your hands? Now you can navigate SharePoint. 
Damn yeah. <laughs> That's right, here's my sheer section right here. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so what is accessibility? Well, accessibility is developing experiences for people of all abilities, being inclusive. And it ranges anywhere from permanent disabilities to temporary conditions, conditions such as a broken arm to situational limitations, like a bartender trying to take drink orders over very loud music, which is, I know, an experience that a lot of you went through last night as you were partying in the last Ignite party, or for those of you that started earlier, earlier in the week at the bar, at the club. Making demand for accessible products is growing. So making SharePoint accessible, one of our priorities is important because it really helps you guys in many ways. One, it enables productivity enables people to work individually as well as be efficient by themselves. It fosters collaboration. Knowing that I can create something and, and share it with somebody and that they can consume it easily without you have to doing extra work really makes things easier. It also reduces the need for special add-ons. If we do our job right, it's out of the box, and so you don't have to spend that money on extra things. And fourth, it reduces legal risk. Most regulations, a lot of regulations are stepping up and are being put in place in four particular areas. Procurement policy, inclusive classroom requirements, inclusive workplace requirements, and web accessibility. For example, here in the US, we have federal agencies have to adhere to what's called the Section 508. And in, the, in Europe has their own. And what they mandate is that no federal agency can buy, can procure or use services or software that are not accessible. So that's just an example of, and we can expect more of that to continue. When it comes to web accessibility specifically, historically when you think of SharePoint, you think of web accessibility, although I'm gonna prove you wrong, but here's kind of the things that fall into place. Here's the things that, are, that, are, that you have to consider. And SharePoint has historically had to, have had to meet these requirements. And I'll actually walk you through how we meet them in our new modern experiences. There is an industry shift right now to really focus on accessibility. So it's a really exciting time, personally for me, I've been working on accessibility for the last three years. Uh, sorry, I hit my microphone. <laughs> uh, and even more so at Microsoft, where we're making it a strategic belt, bet, belt, ooh. Uh, we as a company have learned over the, over the last few years that accessibility really needs to be included all the way from the design phase all the way down to, the, to when we ship a product. It, it's gotta be built in. Whether we historically have really what we've been doing is having it be added at the end and be a bolt-on. So let me show you an example of what bolt-on accessibility looks like. What do you guys see in this image? Speak up. <laughs> what? Exactly. How, how would you get up the door through the ramp? This is an example of what bolt-on accessibility looks like. So probably the people who came up with this building said, hey, we need stairs to get inside the building. Okay, check. They built the stairs, and then they realized, huh, we don't have a way to, we don't have a ramp. We don't have a way for a person in a wheelchair to go up this ramp. So what do we do? Oh, we'll just add a ramp. And they did. 
But here's the thing. They didn't really consider how a user on a wheelchair would go up the ramp, open the door, and go in. And this is actually, this is a diagram. But this is actually uh, based off a picture of a real building, just to show you. <laughs> this is what bolt-on accessibility looks like. And in some ways, it's been a little bit of what we've been doing, but not anymore. In SharePoint, we've always cared about accessibility. Which, when we transitioned from SharePoint 2010 to 2013, we had overhauled our entire UX. We had skip links, so you could skip to main contents of the page. We also introduced the more accessible mode that allowed us to render some controls, especially useful for assistive technologies. But for SharePoint Online, we really changed our approach. We decided that we were going to modernize our experiences, and as part of that, really focus on making sure that our experiences were accessible. And we focused on four things. One, for users with motor impairment, such as Parkinson's disease, muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, we added predictable and efficient keyboard. These are individuals that lack the precision to use a mouse. So being able to navigate the entire experience with just using their keyboard is incredibly important. So we delivered on predictable and efficient keyboarding by using keyboarding tabbing to navigate through the major portions of the page, using arrow keys instead to navigate through, through some controls that made more sense to use arrow keys, as well as keyboard shortcuts for the major file operations. For non-sighted users, or in low vision users, we added intuitive narration. That means we not only read to you what it's on the page, but we also provide you context information of how, how, how to use that control and confirmations once it's done. For, low, for colorblind users, we added color contrast. And basically, we don't use color as the only means to convey information on the page, and enough ratio, contrast ratio between the background and the foreground so to really help readability. And last but not least, to help everybody, we have documentation. Documentation such as help materials to help people understand how to use our new experiences, and I'll actually show you what that looks like, as well as updated conformance statements so that if you need to know, hey, what, how, for, so in order for us to be transparent to you of what our gaps are. So that was our strategy, and then we figured out, hey, cool, we're going to do this, but how are we actually going to do that? And so we decided that we do it in five stages. And the first stage is that we would start focusing on the most used features in SharePoint. SharePoint is huge. It's got a lot of surface area. So we knew we needed to hone down on the areas that made the most sense. And the first of those is document libraries. And I'm going to actually show you a demo of what we did there. JAWS Professional Loyalty Program Help. Now, super, I know you guys are super excited to see this, <laughs> that the voice came out before the image even came out. OK, so what you're looking at right now is the SharePoint Modern Document Library. And what I'm going to show you is how you can navigate this entire page using two things. One is keyboarding, and the second one is screen reader. And for those of you who don't know, 
non-sighted users or low vision users use screen readers that basically take what you see on the page and convert it into speech. And for this particular demo, we're going to be using the number one screen reader in the world, which is JAWS. Yes, just like the Chark movie. So the way I'm going to start is I'm going to start by navigating to the menu bar. And I want you to pay close attention to what it says. Tab menu to move through items, press up or down arrow. So as you can see, as, as soon as you land on the, on, the, on the menu bar, we tell you that to press down left and right arrow to navigate. To create a new folder or office document in this location, oh, hold on. use. Sorry, let me go. Let me go back here a second and let me do that again. Because search box, press enter to okay. tab, menu, new, create a new folder or office document in this location. Use the left or right arrow keys to navigate and the enter key to activate sub menu to move through items. Press up or down arrow. So I know that's v very long. But basically, we're telling the user two things. A, we've landed in the menu bar. Two, you use left and right arrow keys to navigate across the menu bar. Three, you're actually in a submenu, so you can go up and down. And so if I just press the down arrow. Folder, Word document. I can super easily create a new document. Now, here's another cool thing we did. Most web pages, and I challenge you to, take it, to give this a try, when you go and perform an action such as going into a dialogue or opening a link, they will put the focus all the way back to the start of the page. We don't do that anymore. When I click Escape right now, focus is going to go back. And this is super useful, because imagine if, you, if you've spent all the effort to navigate to a certain portion of the page to carry a task, and then being taken all the way to the start. Nobody likes to do that, right? So we've made that fix, so we don't force our users to do that either. So I'm going to click Escape. Escape, new, create a new. And as you can see, you're back in the new menu. And if I right arrow, we can go through the rest of the, of the commands. Upload, upload files from your computer to this quick edit, edit, sync, sync this line. Now I'm going to jump to the list of folders and files. Now, it's simple to do just by clicking the Tab key. And I want you to pay close attention again to what it says. Tab, leaving menus, pinned items, list box. To tab, list of folders and files, use up and down arrow keys to navigate. Use the space key to select within the list. So we tell them, hey, now you're in the list of folders and files. Again, that setting expectations of where they are. Two, we tell them how to navigate the list, which is using um, up and down arrow keys. And I stopped it, but if I let it continue, it also tell me that we landed on the select all in case what they really wanted to do was select all files and delete them. So now I'm going to use down arrow, and I'm going to show you how it reads. Bavarian expansion collateral folder modified Wednesday at 11.31 AM. So it reads not only the folder name, but that it's a folder and also the modified by, and that happens for all files. Architects.psd.psd image modified September 19th. Archite so here's something that's really cool and I'm very excited about, so I'll share it to you, and you guys all have to be excited with me, and I hope you applause. Uh, <laughs> so I can navigate up and down using arrow keys, but wouldn't it be cool if you can navigate left and right using your arrow keys? Well, we do that too. So if you want to get to the columns, check this out. Toggle button pressed. 
Rowheaderarchitects.psd link. Show actions button menu. Press. But here's the thing. When I start navigating through the columns, we'll tell you the column name and the value. Modify column September 19th. Status column reviewed. Region column national. So here's the very exciting thing about this. We've basically built the exact same functionality that exists in Windows Explorer now on the web. And what that allows is familiarity for user, non-sighted users. The feedback that we got from them was, hey, I know how to use Windows Explorer, but when we go on the web, how do we keep that? I, I just wanted to work the same way. Well, now we do. And we do other cool things. So if I hit down Eight. and I press Shift F10, Shift F10, context menu to navigate, press upward. We open the context menu. So it's a quick and easy way to get to. And now I'm going to go and do a copy. Share, give people, get a, delete, edit, copy to. Enter, leaving menus, copy item to dot. So right there, you notice that as soon as I hit copy, we shifted, focus automatically shifted over to the dialog and we told the user, now you're in the copy to dialog. And if I press tab to navigate through. Tab, contents of regional launch plans library, folders list box. To move to an item print. We tell you, okay, now when you tab, now you're in the folder list so you can select what destination that you want. So if I arrow. Contents of regional launch. I get the Bavarian expansion collateral and if I press enter. Enter, copy item to dialog, copy item to. This folder doesn't have any subfolders. We even read that level of information for them. So I'm going to kind of hurry tab, up. Tab, 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 copy here. Now here's another cool thing that I want you to pay attention to. When I press copy here, look at what it does. Enter. List of folders and files. Use up and down arrow keys to navigate. Alert. Copied one item to Bavarian expansion collateral. <gasps> Wasn't that super exciting? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so, right there, you completed. I can see, so I see the alert and can tell that the copy, the file actually copied. But now, using ARIA alerts, we're able to intercept that and let the screen reader know that, hey, this thing actually copied as well. And that's super exciting. And here's the other thing. I used Shift F10, as I showed you, to open the command bar, um, to open the, the context button. menu. But I could also do, uh, if I just press the question mark, at any time, Quick. I can surface all the keyboard shortcuts right from the experience. So I don't have to go find some help article to know what keyboard shortcuts. And this helps not only non-sighted users, it helps all of you, everyone. If you want to know how to quickly rename a file, how to quickly select an item, now you can really do that. Escape virtual PC curse. So that's just a quick look at what we do in the mobile exp in the uh, one JAWS new, professional new with experience. JAWS dialogue. Are you? And now I won't I won't have you guys suffer listening to that because I know it's kind of <laughs> takes a use to get takes a, a while to get used to that. So that's our modern doc documents library experience. And how did we do this? What was our best practices? Well, one, we, we had a very targeted test matrix. IE 11 right now is the best for accessibility, so that's what we focused on. We focused on JAWS as being the number one screen reader. Two, we added the that 
predictable and efficient keyboard navigation that I spoke about before. Again, we used Windows Explorer as the basis for our stuff. Three, the intuitive narration, those confirmations that I shared. So we focus on the most used features. Sounds great. But then what comes after that? So the second thing we did was, and actually, let me tell you a story. The first modern feature we shipped for SharePoint was the new OneDrive for Business. And when we decided, hey, we're going to do the OneDrive for Business modern UI, we really want to build in accessibility. So we did a lot of work. And all me and the engineering team were like, yeah, we got it. But we wanted to make sure that we actually had it. So we set up focus groups. And we actually got blind, uh, non-sighted users and low vision users to come in and give it a try. And let me tell you, it was such a humbling experience. Because in many cases, we were like, oh, we got this. And then we saw them how it used to, and we realized that not every single user was the same way. Some used heading, headers to navigate. Some had the screen reader just read the entire page. And so what we realized was that, yes, we had definitely improved, but there was more work to be done. And it was a great experience. And we loved it so much that now we do that for every single experience we shipped. So for all the new modern experiences that you saw this week that we'll be releasing, we go through a focus group with non-sighted users to make sure that we got it right. And here's the cool thing. We not only do that on the web, but we also do that on mobile. And that's the next demo that I'm going to show you. I'm going to switch the audio. You told me to tell them that so it wouldn't be really loud. So I'll be demoing with iOS. iOS in the market has uh, the most known for the best accessibility. And I'll be using uh, a tool, accessibility tool called VoiceOver. And basically, is the same as what you saw JAWS do that turns uh, text to speech, but on mobile phones. So I'm going to turn this on. And then I'm going to navigate through the SharePoint app. VoiceOver on. Settings. Accessibility. Share, SharePoint. Act. Selected. Frequent pivot. One of two. Thank you. Button. Tap to select I know. tab frequent. That's a good point. It's more authentic without the screen, because this was for people who can't see. <laughs> ah, yeah. OK, so now here I am in the new SharePoint mobile app that just released in May. And I'm super excited to share that this app, when we released it, was all the way accessible. So the first thing I want you to notice is that I landed in the frequent tab list. But notice what it says when I go to following. Following selected. Following pivot. Two of two. Notice that frequent pivot. One of two. That small thing. Frequent pivot. One of two. That small thing where we say one of two tabs is super helpful for users because it lets them know, hey, I can't, you know, I can't see that there are two tabs. And somebody keeps telling me that they're, that, that to get to my follow list. By telling them there's one out of two, it makes it really easy for them to be like, hey, I'm not getting my site. I can't find my site. Maybe it's in the other list. So then there are two ways that there are multiple ways that uh, non-sighted users navigate. But 
the most common are either two things. They're either swiping element through element or having the screen or just screen moving their gym. finger around. So I'm going to swipe. Following loyalty program. Group. So right there, we read the, the name of the site. I'm going to go in. Site. App back button. Button. So we automatically put focus on the back button. And the reason that we do that is in case you chose the wrong group, you can easily go back. So now I'm inside the group. And now I'm going to quickly jump to the news. News, news is a brand section. new feature that we haven't even released. Here, how ex he, I'm super excited to show this because we haven't even fully released it and see how accessible it is. See off, Roadshow Deck. Many of us on the team have to talk to various employee stakeholders about this project. So we created a Roadshow Deck you can take around to your partner teams. Adam Harmetz, September 15, 2016. See how awesome that is? Right from the get-go, it's fully accessible. Even the new feature is like that. And if I put my finger over activities, activity, you viewed Q3 resources same yesterday. Th same thing. We tell them, hey, here's the activity. Who viewed it? Now I can jump menu. over to the menu. Menu. Lists. I can navigate my list of, fi of recent, recent files. files. Recent, recent and popular files. That Back apparently button. are not showing up. But here's the cool thing. If they were to show up, uh, it would read the name of the file, the file type, as well as who modified it and when it was last modified. And the another part that, a part of this that's cool is that the same way that you use and navigate files in the SharePoint mobile app is the exact same way you do in the OneDrive mobile app as well. Because we've also worked as hard on making sure the OneDrive mobile app is accessible as well. Back, and it's not only files. on files. I can go to the lists. Recent, recent, back, but back, loyalty, lists. List, lists. Department contacts list. Modified September 25th, 2016. So even list. Select list. I can double tap to enter the list. Even lists are accessible. Back button. Now I'm going to go all lists. the way back. App, back button, app, back, heading. And the last thing I want to show search. you is search. Button. Search field so is editing. Notice search this. all SharePoint. Character mode. Insertion point at start. So right there we notice, hey, you're in search mode. You can search all of SharePoint. You're in character mode. That means that the keyboard is up. So the moment that I go ahead and press one letter. Cap A. Search suggestion below. Isn't that amazing? We also tell you, hey, there's suggestions down below as well, which is super cool because users now get to know. So that's just a quick look. Let me turn off voiceover so it doesn't App come up. Settings. Again. Voiceover. Voiceover. So this is just a, a really quick look to show that we not only do this in our experiences. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we not only do this in our web experiences, but we do that for mobile. Um, our team is working on doing the same thing for the Android app that just went live and also on the Windows app. So I'm super excited um, for that. The fourth thing we do is including accessibility from day one. And kind of what that means is we don't ship uh, to first release or out to customers unless we validate it, unless we've gone through a focus group where we prove that we actually made things accessible. And that really helps um, have that really helps us have a really high bar, which is something that it's really great and I'm really proud of. 
the latest experience that we're doing this is our new mo modern authoring experience that's just kind of rolling out now. And in our modern authoring experience, everything that I've showed you so far is pretty much about consuming content. But the new authoring experience is all about creating content. And we've just started going through making it really easy to author accessible content. And that's what I'm going to show you. Don't worry, this time I did not forget. <laughs> so these are our new pa pages, and this is the pages library, which, by the way, you navigate the exact same way uh, that we do the document library. And here's a quick page that I created. I just titled it, Accessibility is Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and click Edit. And here's the cool thing. I can do everything I'm doing with a mouse with a keyboard. So if I'm focused right now in the title and I press tab, uh, you see that the green little button is highlighted. If I press enter, I get the toolbox. And I can use arrow keys to select the different um, web parts that I can add. For this demo, I'm going to add the image web part. I can choose to pick an pick a image from my recent or my site or upload all available through arrow keys. But if I select here on site, and then I can go and select documents. And I'm going to go ahead and say marketing leaders and select that and press the open. All of this, by the way, full, fully without using my arrow, without using my mouse. And here's the really cool thing. As soon as the image gets added, we automatically put focus on that caption box. And I know it's kind of hard to see, but you'll see that little flicking, um, little flickering thing. That means that the focus has automatically been set on the caption. And so it's really easy for me as a user to be like, huh, I should probably populate that, shouldn't I? And when I do that, guess what? That becomes that image's alternative text. So if I'm a non-sighted user, when I go into this page and I see that image, what I'm actually going to hear, hey, it's a picture of a woman in yellow. This is us making accessibility the happy path. Users don't have to go after the, path, after the fact, go and add something or open a pane and add alt text. We instinctively just put them through, hey, you upload an image, why don't you just add a caption? That just makes sense and makes things more easy. You add it, and now all of a sudden that becomes the alternative text, and boom, it's there. And these are just some of the things we're doing with our new modern authoring. And uh, we're thinking about doing more than just this, because that's right now relatively subtle. But you can kind of see this idea of it shouldn't be something after the fact, but we can build it in place. And some of those best practices, kind of what I said before. We made accessible content the, ha the, the happy path. Uh, and same as with the modern document library experience, and I just don't have the time to demo it. Uh, it's really cool, though, and I ask you guys when we roll it out to please give it a try. You can use keyboard, keyboarding to navigate the entire, the entire authoring page. We do incredible good uh, intuitive narration to tell you, hey, when you're inside the web part, when you're navigating inside the web part, when you're navigating out with, between web parts. Uh, and we also tell you there's also keyboard shortcuts for all the all the expected uh, rich text editor features, which, by the way, we didn't invent. We used Word and other web um, rich text editors as our bases, so that if you're familiar with that, you can use the same keyboard shortcuts. So 
our fourth part of the strategy was kind of what we call getting and acting on customer feedback. SharePoint Online gives us the opportunity to get direct access to customers so that we can make improvements regularly and also address customer issues. One area where me as accessibility driver for the team is that most of the, each, most of the asks that I get are around, hey, I'm about to buy SharePoint, I'm a procurement, and I want to know how, how accessible SharePoint is, how I can configure it while keeping it accessible. And those are all great questions, but we really wanted also questions around, hey, we want the specific issues that people are experiencing. So one of the things we started doing is this idea of really focusing on customer feedback. And we do it in three ways. One, we started participating in O365 uh, monthly calls with organizations like the World Blind Union. We've also done customer visits with Section 508 coordinators to understand the struggles that the users are going through and actually get their feedback directly. And we've also started doing conference participation by going to conferences like the National Federation for the Blind or CSON, which is an accessibility-related conference. Microsoft as a whole has made accessibility a, such an important thing that they set up the Disability Answer Desk. And what that does is people with, all with disabilities can call Microsoft for help and get help on consumer products, but also enterprise products, and SharePoint is included in one of those. So if you have an issue, you can contact them, and they come back and tell us. And last but not least, uh, we also have documentation. We've actually been working on making sure that we have documentation that covers everything about, hey, here's everything you need to know about SharePoint Online accessibility, but also provides detailed articles on how to get stuff done. And I'm going to show you a couple. Okay, so what you're looking at right now is uh, a brand new article that we've written around accessibility support for SharePoint Online. And what you'll notice is at the top, it starts with a basic, hey, what's new for SharePoint accessibility? Covers kind of shortcut, covers basic accessibility features as well as our keyboard shortcuts. But down here, uh, I'm really excited about this concept of uh, what you see for SharePoint Online li libraries. And it's step-by-step -step walkthroughs on how to accomplish common tasks using a screen reader. So if I use this one, for example, on how to create a document library, a document in a document library, we provide this in-depth guide for non-sighted users to know, hey, this is exactly what you need to do to get it done. And not only does it work for web, but we also started doing this on the mobile apps for iOS, as an example. And this really helps because one of the feedback that I get from customers is, hey, I feel like I'm always doing something wrong and I don't see how to get it and I wish somebody explained something to me in detail. And so this is our attempt at doing that by picking just a couple of core scenarios and saying, hey, we want you to get comfortable with our, with our experience. So why don't you try creating a document? It's a pretty happy path. And if you follow these step-by-step -step instructions, you can get there. The last, uh, the last thing we did was uh, what we call the developer tools. And that, this is basically uh, giving developers the tools to build on top of SharePoint while keeping it accessible. We have the new SharePoint development framework uh, that there were sessions about. I really recommend you guys check out the BRK4015 session. But in that session, they showcased a brand new web part. And I'm actually going to skip around to a demo. 
So this web part was one of the web parts they covered in that session. And what we used to build this was the SharePoint framework and something that's called the Office Fabric UI in React. And what it does is it's a des the design language that we use internally for making our new modern experiences. Now here's the really cool thing. Because we were working on making sure that our modern experiences are accessible, in the Office Fabric UI, we provide all the components. Like for example, this text box, the button, the checkbox, all are available in the Office Fabric, Fabric UI. And because we did the work to make it accessible for our own experience, we've made that available there as well. So if you just use what we did and grab all those components and put them together, it makes building accessible web parts super easy. And we're going to show you real quick just with keyboarding. So focus, I can set focus to the, to, um, to the text box. I can tab to the add button. I can tab to the first item. I can arrow key between the three. I can left and right arrow. Here's me all the way to deleting the item. I can use space bar to select checkboxes. I can go back and add a new item. Boom, and the item gets added. And so how did we do this? Basically, like I said, we use the SharePoint framework, but we also use Office Fabric React. So by allowing users to just use the components that we have available, you can build web parts that are easily accessible. Of course, read our guidance. It's something that we're working on to make this a lot easier. And test your web part on Workbench, which is what you use to build our web parts. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, Melissa, that sounds great, but I need something custom, and like it's got to be my own thing. And I'm like, sure, if you want to do that, you can, of course. But at that point, the only guidance we can give you is to follow the web accessibility guidelines, which is the quintessential guidelines for all web needs to follow. And also to leverage ARIA when HTML is not enough. So that was our SharePoint accessibility playbook and everything we did to ensure that our new modern experiences are accessible. So kind of wrap up, what's next? So I mentioned earlier that we have conformance statements. We're working on updating those to match our new modern experiences. We're also shipping our next set of modern experiences that I'm sure you've all heard about in this conference. Uh, and again, we're going to make sure that those are accessible. More documentation. We have a team working on creating more help articles to really help drive the point that you're not alone and we can help you. Guidance in SP framework definitely coming is something that we're doing. And um, for those of you wondering about, hey, what about on-prem? As part of Feature Pack 1 for SharePoint 2016, uh, they'll be getting the new OneDrive for Business UI, which includes a lot of these accessibility improvements. Now, uh, there's a couple of resources slide when you guys get in the deck provided by the Office 365 accessibility team. I kind of just run through these. If you want to get them, they're there. And the last message I will leave you with is accessibility is something that we really, really care about. We've made it a strategic bet. It's something that's very personal to Satya and we're doing. And I'll give you another story. Uh, as I was preparing for this talk, I looked at this uh, talk from this gentleman, this architect, who went uh, blind due to an accident. And he said something that really resonated with me, which was that each and every one of us, there's only two people, two types of people. People that are, have a disability and people that just haven't found theirs yet. And I think that's so very true. So we should really 
it's really important for us, and it should be really important for you guys, that we keep our bar, our, our bar high and make sure to deliver on these experiences. Thank you guys so much. Have a safe trip back. And any questions? <laughs>
Those of you who already have the app know about this, but uh, there are several uh, default rooms that are official server rooms that he has actually set up, and some of which people have added and made passwords for and, and are able to use this now. Um, so um, we are going to actually ask Team Talk to not show us those right now because what we want to do is add our own ACB server to the list. So I'm going to go into the preferences now. The next thing we'll do is to actually put the nickname in and I'll show you how I'm going to do that in just a second. Server list, back button, general, heading, nickname, name displayed in channel list, non-am, text field. The field data shows no name. But I'm going to double tap on this so that I can edit it and I'm going to back out the no name and then put my own name and I'm going to try and use the dictation feature with the iPhone and see if we can't get that to cooperate with us. Let's see. Double Text tap. field is editing character mode non-am. Colon non-am. So you can see that we have no name here and I'm going to try and get that Taken delete out right now, so I'm going to double Colon. tap delete and hold. No, no, me menu item. Delete E M cap N. There we got it. Dictate is the dictate button. I'm going to double tap that. Tom Jones iPhone. Done. Double tap again to say done. Inserted Tom Jones iPhone. And that worked. So nickname name displayed in channel list. Text field is editing, character mode, Tom Jones iPhone, insertion point at end. Now that I've got that. Push to talk lock, double tap to lock TX button, switch button, off. Okay, now in the case of this particular control, you really don't have to do anything because once you get in, you can be able to continue talking anyway as if it were a telephone. So I'm going to leave that alone. Proximity sensor, turn off screen when holding phone near ear, switch button, off. The next thing that we see is this proximity sensor. And quite frankly, I want to turn this on so that it shuts off the screen when I hold it to my ear because I don't want my cheek firing everything it sees. So show usernames, show usernames instead of nicknames, switch button off. Okay, that's you can do that too. You can show your user, username to the world instead of your nickname, but I like to show my nickname, so I'm going to leave that as it is. Show public servers, show public servers in server list, switch button on. Now I'm going to take that and turn that off. I'm going to, because as I said before, this will reduce confusion later. Off. Show use sounds. Master 50% media file 100% adjustable. I'm going through the microphone gain 50%. Voice activate 100%. Speaker out. Sound events. Heading. Speaker output. Use now, iPhone speaker you instead of earpiece. Events, Switch there's button. One off. important one, and this one is a preference of choice rather than a you must do it this way type thing. But. Um, there is a thing that says use the iPhone speaker for output and instead of the earpiece. Now I leave mine off because I don't I use a headset all the time anyway and besides it it if you use the speaker instead of the earpiece it actually cuts back the microphone and this gives you a um, really reduced input to the system. I'm going to leave this one off. Now, this then completes our work in preferences, so I'm going to actually go back to the server list now. Server list, back button. Server so list, preferences, button. List. 
Server list. Add button. Add button. Add and button. All you see here is an add button. So I'm going to go ahead and push this. Double tap it. Server entry. Server list. Back button. Server entry. Save. But server list entry. Heading. You heard a save button go by there, and that's going to be important before we do the connection because we want to do this once, but we don't want to do it multiple times. So. Name. Type text here. Text field. Text field is editing. Character mode. Type text here. Insertion point at start. So we have ACV server rooms. This is what we name the connection. I do that for mine because that's exactly what we have. And you'll see why when we get into the ACV server rooms, we have six rooms that have been created by our own Larry Turnbow. He actually set up a server for us, including what they use themselves. The next field is is kind of critical because it's where all of this takes place. This is at acbradio.org, and that's the domain name you want to enter here. The next thing is the TCP and UDP ports, which are defaulted to 10333, and that can stay here. Beyond that, heading. The next thing is the authentication section. Username. Type text here. Text field. Insertion point and at end. Username and the password are both guessed. Server list entry. Save. Button. Server list. Preferences. And that's button. why we don't have to do this again because I just did save it. We have set actually everything up, but there's a couple things I want to show you. Now, when we get into the ACB server rooms, we're going to actually go down here and hit connect. Connect. Button. Actions of Connecting to server. Disconnect. Tom Jones button. iPhone has joined the channel. Tom Jones iPhone. Button. User, text message, general chat, zero, channel, view, button, staff room, zero, ace, channel, view, radio room, channel, view, bits chat, zero, general chat, all topics, welcome, button. Okay, so Actions available. this is where I will double tap, because those are those other ACB rooms that we saw before. There's a few more after this, but I'm going to double tap here. Double tap to expand options, join this channel, button. Now, I could have down-flicked to get to the place where I joined the channel directly, but I wanted to show you that here is where you can preview who's in the room. But anyhow, uh, the next thing is join the channel, and that's what we will do. Tom Jones' iPhone has joined the channel. Well, we have joined the Bits channel, and here we are. This actually pretty much does exactly what I had hoped for it to do, and that is to show you how to go get, install and set up the initial stages of the iTeamTalk client. I must tell you, however, that uh, there are many more things that you can adjust and features that you can enable, disable, and otherwise play with here. But this will at least get you started, and after all, it gives me an opportunity to do something else down the road. So <laughs> this is where we'll stop it, and... With that, I will turn it over to the main menu team for whatever else they have for us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Main Menu. It is brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream. It then repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen using any internet-connected device, the ACB Link iOS app, Grab it as a podcast or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. If you'd like to send us any feedback, please email mainmenu at acbradio.org or 
check us out on Twitter at Main Menu. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.